listening to the Big Red Revival podcast, episode three. I'm your host, Taylor Goldenstein. And with me today, I've got the coach, Drew Burson, and the quarterback, Zach Raby. Uh, GBR. GBR, of course. So, uh, two weeks in now. We're two games in. We missed the recap of the South Alabama game. Uh, us guys were out there in uh, Denver to enjoy my bachelor party. And, uh, you know, bachelor party kind of took precedent over uh, doing a podcast. So, um, let's just go ahead and jump right into the Colorado game. Uh, we are all out there. We're one and one. Nebraska fell to Colorado in overtime, 31-34, after holding a 17-point lead. Uh, pretty devastating loss, especially you know going into halftime up 17 nothing. Think we had these guys uh, in our hands, but uh, you know we we uh, failed away another lead, and it is what it is. We're one and one, and that's where we're at. Uh, we've got a big game coming up this week against Northern Illinois. But um, let's just go ahead and get right into the Colorado game. Let, guys, we're two games into this young football season. What do we know about this Husker team right now, two games in? Drew, what do you think? I know that we're not good enough to make a bunch of mistakes and still win. That's number one. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Zach, what, do you, what, do you, what, do you, what, what is the sure thing that we know about this team here right now, two games into this young season? I think just basically on a high level, um, our offense has shown glimpses, but overall it just seems kind of bottled up. Um, our defense has improved um, as anticipated, as we've talked about in the, in the previous episodes, and our D-line is for real. Yeah, I think the D-line is definitely holding up their end of the bargain. They're giving up, what, less than 70 yards rushing per game. Uh, maybe not necessarily generating as much pass rush without just uh, without blitzing as we'd like, but... I think, especially when it comes to the Big Ten schedule and come November, that defensive line is going to be uh, a very strong point for us, especially against teams like Iowa, Wisconsin, teams that like to pound the rock straight straight ahead of you. You know, they're not going to spread you out and try to, you know, athlete you. They're going to try to pound the rock right down your throat. So I Mm -hmm. think that's going to be a great asset uh, coming down to the uh, Big Ten season. But, I mean, already the defense has got 21 tackles for loss which uh, already puts them in the top 10 nationally. And we only had 63 all of last year. So it's telling, crazy. Us, yeah, it's crazy. It's telling us that they're getting the, they're getting after the ball. Uh, I think they're bringing a lot of different blitzes. You're seeing a lot of corners, safeties, linebackers. You're seeing a lot of different blitz mm-hmm. packages. Um, who on defense has, uh, you know, stepped up and really kind of jumped out to you guys? Yeah, for me, for me, it was Khalil Davis. I mean, in one game against Colorado, I mean, that guy was all over the field. He was in their backfield more than their own running back was. I mean, he he had, uh, what was it, five solo tackles, two tackles for loss, and it seemed like way more. I think he, you give him hit the game, game MVP on our side um, outside of Mo Washington. And for a guy like a, uh, like a Khalil Davis on the defensive line to make such an impact on a game, I won't, I won't make a Sue reference here, but man, that guy was balling and it was fun to watch. Yeah. And I think in the secondary, I think Lamar Jackson's finally uh, become, absolutely become the person that we we've been wanting ex- waiting on him to be since uh, his freshman year. Mm-hmm. The guy has really uh, elevated his one elevated his draft stock. That guy's going to make some money playing on Sundays, uh, especially with that, you know, being six, three, but two ten, long rangy athletic. I think that guy has really done himself a big favor uh, come, come draft time. Uh, I think in you know the second Cam Taylor. I mean that that guy is playing all over the field. You know? Oh man, is he ever? Yeah. So he's got a crazy stat line. Like he he's got six solo tackles, four assisted tackles, so ten total sack or tackles, one sack, one pick, and three forced fumbles in two games. Right. That's unreal. Yeah, and they've showed his like uh, snap chart breakdown. Uh, he's lining up at linebacker, safety, corner, nickel. I mean, he's lining up at every position on the field, and he's really, really stepping up. I mean, it's it's hard not to like what you're seeing from that guy. So it's it's good to see the young guy stepping up, um, the defense line playing well. Like you said, these two games, the defense has played well enough for us to be two and zero. It's it's kind of the offense that's kind of let let us down a little bit, which mm-hmm. we kind of anticipated with uh, you know a lot of young playmakers that are unproven, but um, mm-hmm. you know I think eventually they'll catch on and get going, but. Right now, we're having the problem of, of no one else stepping up. I mean, we only yep. have, what, three receivers that have a catch on the entire season. Um, and that's including two starters that don't have catches. Um, yeah. Kowal, mm-hmm. whatever the dude from Cal. and um, Noah. Noah. Noah yeah. And uh, Mike Williams. 
And where's Cade Warner been at? I mean, that guy's a sure-handed receiver who's a crisp route runner. Where, where have these guys well, been at? Well, actually, Cade Warner, he's been dealing with a hand injury, which, yep. I mean, pretty important for a receiver. Yep. Um, he, he's still questionable against Northern Illinois. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, we, we've got these, these potential big-time receivers. Mike Williams, uh, one catch, I think. Yep. Um, if, if that. Uh, Noah zero catches right now actually no i take that back mike williams and noah have his combined zero catches but to to noah's to noah's defense i will say he has not really had a ball thrown in him that's really catchable yet right i would say that that end of the half i I think it was um pass against uh colorado that was catchable i feel like he didn't even go up and make a play and it was picked off yeah i mean Drew, what are you seeing from the receivers? Are you seeing those guys? Are they just being missed by Martinez? Are they running good routes? What's going well, I on? Think for... I think, one, Martinez has been missing a lot of guys open downfield. I mean, first I was just mm-hmm. there was the play calling. But even in both games, there's been guys running crossing routes and posts and different stuff. And he's just throwing it either to the flat or throwing it vertical. So I think he's missing a lot of open yeah. guys, which would open up the catches. Um, but I also just don't think we're calling that great of plays on top of that either, though. I mean, I don't think we're calling amazing plays. Yeah, no. I, th- I think uh, Frost is uh, kind of, you know, he said this week that he's, you know, instead of just calling the play, he's trying to get to the perfect play. And especially right. when you're trying to run an up-tempo offense, you need to just get in that flow where it's just coming to you, bang, bang, bang. But yeah, I don't think I, I've seen, a, I don't think I've seen like a wide receiver screen, like, uh, you know, nothing, nothing to just ball to the perimeter to your fast guys. Mike yeah. Williams, well, we, Woodyard, any of those guys. Those guys are burners. Get them the rock. Yeah. We, we throw those, those quick little, you know, those quick little passes out to the flat where, you know, half of them don't even get completed because they're, he's just, Martinez is trying to be so quick with it that right. Like right. It, it's just, it's off, it's off target every time almost. Yeah. It, it feels like anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, and then you got the Russian game. Uh, first game we saw Martinez not too involved in the rush game. Last game he had, I believe uh, 17 carries. So uh, it's obvious that Frost wants to get him involved in the run game, but, and then Diedrich Mills. I mean, this guy was supposed to come in and be, our new workhorse, and he just hasn't been the guy. Yeah, I can't make a seems, guy, can't make anybody miss. Can't make a single yeah. guy miss. He's missing a lot of cutback lanes, which you know, in this zone zone spread offense, the cutback is where you're going to get your yards at. You're not just pounding the ball straight up the middle. You know, right? No, that's where the yeah, money I, is. I feel, I feel like I disagree with you guys on Mills, though. I just, I feel like we haven't seen enough yet. I I still see his potential a lot more than I saw from Greg Bell last year. Oh, I time. agree with that big time. Yeah, and I just I just think it's really simple. He just needs to slow down. He needs to read the hole. He's head hunting too early in the play and not allowing the play to develop. Yeah. Do you think? And, and sorry. Do, do you think coming from an offense like Georgia Tech, where you're running the triple option and basically in the triple option, you're just running straight ahead. Yeah. You're down. What, you run downhill. Exactly. You run downhill. I mean, yep. do you think that he's built for this offense? Maybe it's not adapt? a good fit. I don't think. You know, the more you, the more I think about it, I mean, maybe he isn't a good fit for this type of offense. You know, I think he has more effort and heart easily than Greg Bell. But yeah, the right. vision's a problem. I mean, you can't find the yeah. holes, you're not going to get any yards. Yeah, yeah, and I just feel like he's trying to find the holes too quick. He's not being patient enough behind behind the line. Where you know sometimes these run plays that we run, it's it's a you know it's a read option or a zone read or whatever it might be, or you know whatever it is. He's just he's trying to just run to somebody. Like he said in the preseason, he goes, "I want I want to I don't want to run around people. I want to run through people." And maybe he's just being a little too aggressive with his running style yeah. instead of just slowing down and letting the game come to him. Yeah. Are you guys surprised by the lack of rotation at the running back position? I mean, we kept hearing about Ramirez Johnson. This guy's going to come in and he hasn't seen, he hasn't seen a carry yet. Yeah. I, I, no. I was thinking the same thing. I don't know where he's at. I, I mean, I feel like they're going to, you can play four games in Richard anyway, so they're going to get him in eventually. But I want to see what the guy's got. If he can play, let him play. Right. Sorry. I'm not. I'm not. I, I think it's fine. I think. It's fine what we're doing. You know, we saw a little white Missouri in the first half of the South Alabama game just because we didn't have Mo Wash. But I think what we're doing offensively, that's that's not the, the problem right now. Yeah. The problem is just finding our identity again because we had that I- identity last year with, you know, Stanley Morgan and Zigbo, and they were just going to make plays for you no matter what the, what the scenario. 
we're trying to find that again, and I think we're going to. It's just going to take a little bit of time because there's some new faces. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see, I see why Frost was so uh, inclined not to suspend uh, uh, Mo Washington because <laughs> God, <laughs> yeah, because uh, we we guys a ball player. Yeah, we'd be in a world of hurt without him. And I oh, mean, this, this guy is taking the next step. You know, I wasn't sure that he was going to or not, but this guy's came out and been uh, clearly our best offensive player. You know, with yeah. with Martinez struggling. Um, one thing I guess I did see from game one to game two was I th- thought the snaps definitely improved. Um, they weren't – they looked pretty on target to me. Um, Zach, tell us what, what goes on you, – you've played quarterback. you played quarterback in college. What happens when you get a high snap? Does it throw off your whole progressions, your read, your whole mojo? What happens when you're getting a bad snap from the quarterback? Take us through that. Not as much as you would think. I mean, ultimately, you're focused on the play. You know, that's just a, a minor setback, but – while it's happening, you don't notice that it's a it's a high snap. You're, I mean, you're going to be an athlete. You're going to get the ball, and then you're going to reset, and then you're going to focus back on the play. It's not something that, like, you think about mid-play where, oh, it's over my head. Now now what do I do? No, it's just like you kind of react, you be an athlete, and then you then you go forward. So not really a big deal in my head, and, and I think Martinez made that very clear in his press conference when he – he said, you know, 5,000 feet over my head. I don't give a shit. Right. I need to make a play. Right. And love, the, love that, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I love the one, the accountability is taken. The two, the fire that you can see the guy's passion. I mean, Saturday when he scored the that last running end zone on what fourth and fourth and one and pounded in there. And then mm-hmm. he came over. I was sitting right in there in that section and came over and you could just see that. It's like this guy, this guy wants this, you know. Mm-hmm. Win, lose, or draw, it's like I'm glad to have that guy in the foxhole with me because, you know, I can tell he's yep. going to go out there and give everything he's got. Um, as far as the offensive line, I think, I think the, uh, it's, been, it's been a little over, underrated. I think that pe- a lot of people have been complaining about it. But to me, I think it's been very serviceable. Granted, we're having trouble running the ball up the middle. But pass, mm-hmm. as far as um, pass uh, protection, mm-hmm. I felt like they've done more than a serviceable job. A couple sacks that they've given up. I feel like have been more on Martinez holding the damn ball too long. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. You know, I'm a little torn on this subject as far as offensive line goes. I don't think we have, you know, a large enough sample size yet. Right. But I would say that I, they looked a little lost against South Alabama at first, just because, yeah. you know, it's the offensive line is five guys. It's one unit, you know, they, they have to, they have to play together and that's their first game all together. Right. But then, Man, they just completely dominated the line of scrimmage against uh, Colorado in the first half. And like you said, you know, 2 a.m. just took some bad sacks. He took a little too long. Yeah. And he's he's got to make up his mind a little bit quicker. And that's, that's really a question mark for me. Like, of all the things that you should worry about, I wouldn't think that would be it. Yeah, and all the things that we uh, thought, you know, and thought about coming into the season, you know, uh, Adrian Martinez being indecisive definitely wasn't one of the things that, you know, no. we're like, all right, set at quarterback, we're ready to go there, everything else. You know, uh, is a question mark, but quarterback, we thought that that was our one sure spot. Unfortunately, that's been the one question mark on our offense two games in. Mm -hmm. So um, defense wise, we talked about the defense line looking good. Secondary, they're playing. They're playing good. I mean, like Mm -hmm. I said, Lamar Jackson's playing his best football. Uh, Boodle's doing his thing. He picked up right where he left off from last season. Yep. Um, Unfortunately, Williams uh, got hurt and is out for the season. Um, but it's, you know, speaking of secondary, I was kind of looking for this guy to play more last week. Cause I thought he did such a great job. And I know it's cause Williams got hurt in the first game, but how come Eric Lee, he got, no, he got not very many snaps, you know, the snap count got cut down big time. Well, there's a, the guy's plays. like 30 years old. They say it's the like 30 years old. Like let him play. Gotta be really sore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think well, our, our, right our defense is very steady, but they're, I feel like they're also just really susceptible to the big play. And yes. that that basically played out in Colorado. I mean, it was, which is why yeah, I mean, they're senior like Eric Lee to play back there instead of a true sophomore gets burned on a ninety-seven yard touchdown. Yeah, I like I the think, guy, but damn it, Stumley's got to stay deep. Yeah, um, and then uh, one guy we had to talk about on defense, uh, JoJo Dolman. I mean, oh man, continues to be just a steady Eddie, uh, very distinctive player. I mean, mm-hmm. our instinctive player. So yeah. that guy's you know continue to do Get what that he's guy doing. On the field. Keep him right. on the field. Um, unfortunately, uh, I think maybe our best player on defense might, might be Colin Miller. I mean, this guy is finally, oh man, scratching that potential. I mean, yeah, the field, I think he's probably, uh, we'll be seeing him overtaking, uh, Honus as the other starting inside linebacker. Uh, Honus, 
Honus makes some – he's made some big hits, too. I mean, I will yeah. say about our defense – The first half of the Colorado game only. This year. Three-fourths of halves, he can't tackle them. Yeah, I know. I'm still – can't tackle them. Oh, he got absolutely embarrassed on one play. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But I'm just saying, like, the, these guys out there on our defense are tackling 150% better than we were two years ago under years. Riley and their staff. Right. My God, they're just going for the waste. They're going for just yeah. – Big hits. They're not diving at their ankles anymore. Like that, right. those days are over, and I love to see it. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. the one thing that I will say is that we're having trouble running sideline to sideline. These guys, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Honus clearly doesn't have the feet to be yeah. running sideline to sideline with these spread nope. teams. Uh, coming straight ahead, Iowa, yeah, it's coming straight <laughs> ahead. It's it's all good, but uh, right. these mm-hmm. these teams that want to spread you out, coming sideline to sideline, uh, yeah, Will Honus and unfortunately Mo Berry, they they don't have the foot speed to get out there. Yeah, so that's that's I guess the one knock on it. But like I said, I think the defense has been more than serviceable. So oh, yeah, yep. But, no, Taylor, they've back carried to us a little bit. Too. Yeah, well, back to what you said too, Taylor. I, um, I think expect to see a lot of drag and short crossing routes going forward against us. Right. Like, yeah, that worked Colorado, Colorado gave some pretty valuable film to our opponents in the, in the future. Um, they exposed our linebackers from, like you said, from sideline to sideline. And don't, don't be surprised to see, you know, short little crossing routes that get, get our linebackers in, in man, man, man to man coverage, or, you know, like a short zone where they can get underneath that zone and just like destroy our linebackers because, that's going to be – that might be our Achilles heel. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, with two games in, you know, you, we can look at this glass half full and glass half empty, but we'll just go with the half full, full. Half full size. Uh, so, two games in, we've had a three-score lead in the second half. Uh, unfortunately, we blew one of those, you know, being up 17 nothing in, in third quarter Colorado, and then we were up 28-7 uh, South Alabama. So – is mm-hmm. we've seen flashes of this team being capable of being a top team. Um, but we've also seen flashes of them where we could be beat by anybody. Is it a matter of just closing out a team and being able to put our foot on somebody's throat? Are we, calling? Are we getting too conservative? Um, what, what do you guys think about, I mean, like I said, it's to have a three-score lead in the second instinct. half. I think, I think we're lacking the killer instinct. We haven't had a winning program in two years, right? And so right. we don't really have that many people that are in the building that know how to really win and finish people off because there is an art to doing that, right? Right. Close them out. You know, you got to know what to do, not make stupid mistakes, yeah. right? I don't know, Drew. I, Drew, I kind of have to disagree with you there because, like, I saw a killer instinct in our team in the first half of that Colorado game. Yeah, but that's I not finishing. In a, I know. I understand that. But, like, I think that – I think it's there. Like, I really do. Like, what I saw in the first half of the Colorado game was, like – it was different from anything I've seen from a Husker team in a long time. Yeah. And I'm not I saying mean, they that... can't get the killer instinct. I'm just saying, as of right now, two games in the season, we're not quite yeah. there yet. But that's something you learn over time, right? So I think right. we keep getting better every week. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely have the right coaches and players. We can get it done. We will have that killer instinct. They just are lacking in so much experience that we just don't have it yet. Yeah, you know? and I think the defense has been uh... – one also they've been forcing a lot of turnovers you know oh, yeah over the last seven games they've got 21 turnovers and if you take the previous 30 games of that they only have 30 combined turnovers so they're averaging one per game the previous 30 games and now they're averaging three per game is that something we expect to keep up or is that okay. just a, a kind of, of a blimp the, on the radar yeah, it's part of the no plan. i think it i think it's a great early stat but we need to keep doing it like trends like this can fizzle out pretty quick i mean what, what did we see last year? We had seven sacks against Colorado in the first game, and then, like, we had seven sacks over the course of the next six games or something like that. Right. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure about that stat, but I'm just saying, like, that's how it's about. I don't know like, about we, it. It wasn't much. I mean, our, we need our defense to stay hungry and realize that they are crucial for the, for the success of our offense. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I think, that's, I think that's we've got a is. lot. Of, I think we've got a lot of dogs on defense too. So it's oh, like, man, like I love the we mentality do. of those guys over there. So it's like I know that if it comes to getting in a fist fight with Wisconsin, with Iowa, with Everest, mm-hmm. like I know that these guys aren't going to get punched in the mouth and quiver up. So <laughs> yeah, um, but it's um, what um, as far as back to the game. So this is now seven of the last eight games that Nebraska has scored on the first possession. The only game wasn't that we didn't score on the first possession uh, in the last eight was Iowa is 
So it's telling me some. I mean, one, we know Frost can go ahead and drop. You know, your what your first ten plays. He can write. He can write. Elvis can write out that script. Yeah. So your first ten plays are always your first ten plays are always scripted. So we know they can come out and get get the points right away. So it's really just like you said, putting the foot on the throat and getting the uh, closing out somebody, having that killer instinct to step on the throat and close somebody out. But I mean, when you're scoring on the first possession, seven out of the last eight games. That's a hell of a stat, you know. Oh, Absolutely, advantage to come out and score right away. It's amazing, yeah. especially if you get the ball first because they defer. And then you just go down right. and shove it down their throat. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks being on the other end of that. Yeah. Uh, so, fourteen games into the Frost era, I mean, where do you guys stand at with Frost? Are you guys have you guys wavered a little bit, any bit? What are you guys seeing as far as Frost coming here? Uh, I guess for me, the one big thing would be, um, I guess just hearing about these fucking practices. I mean, I am so fucking tired of hearing. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I Just give me a break. This best practice I've ever seen in college football. Best practice I've seen on a Tuesday. Best practice I've seen on a Friday. Best walkthrough I've seen on a Wednesday. It's like, give me a fucking break. I want to see the best football game they've played on a Saturday. I don't care what they're doing Monday through fucking Friday anymore. I'm tired of hearing that shit. And then the second thing, I guess, would be a big gripe I have with them is it's never, it's never the other team just beat us. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, that happened, but we'll get that right. Oh, uh, no, the, yeah, no, we'll get the ball more over to these guys. Yeah, we'll get that right. It's like, listen, man, let's just do this. Let's stop talking. Like, yeah. I feel like he can't give any other team credit. It's always about something they're doing. And it's never – I've never heard I. I've never heard I – I did call the wrong plays. I called this. It's, it's yeah. uh, we need the guys to hit the holes, and we need more guys. It's like, no, no, you got outcoached. Unfortunately, you got outcoached in Colorado. Uh. And so I agree. That's just I agree. Yeah, I agree with you on one of the points, but I don't agree with it on the other. You don't think you got out coached against Colorado? No, hold on. Let me get to that. I was just going to say, didn't you hear that we had a great week of practice improved on both sides of the ball this oh, week? Monday was the best practice they've ever had again. So, I mean, that's great. Every, every Monday is. Yeah. Jeez, no, uh, no, it's definitely getting old, and someone on the team needs to recognize this annoying narrative and straighten it out. Yeah. Yeah. I will say Husker fans are bullshitters, but these players and coaches can't bullshit a bullshitter. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what the before the first game, he told us that we had fucking Dave Remington at center, and then the guy could yeah, not even snap the goddamn ball. Oh yeah, thirty-three. He did. He did the to, his, to his credit, he did better the second. The he second did. He game. did I, play I, better. I, I, um, but in my recollection, Dave Remington never had a shitty snap. So fuck it. Right. But as as far as the uh, the other team credit thing. I'm fine with it. Like, outside of the Michigan, Purdue, and Wisconsin stretch last year, we've beaten ourselves pretty much every game. Right. So, I think, it's, I, think, I think it's spot on and, in a weird way, encouraging to know that this early in the Frost era, that with all the kinks we are working out, that we are still a better football team than most of the people on our schedule, most of the teams on our schedule. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just feel like it's time to stop. I think it's, it's a, a little bit, like – He's got a little a sweat, little bit of swag, just like, hey, it's on us. It's yeah, not them. but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's at some point it's time to stop pointing the finger and point the thumb because I feel like when he does point, say it's on us, it's it's on one of the players or whatever. It's never on him. He's the head coach. We need it taken on his shoulders. I mean, those plays he called in overtime were fucking dog shit. Well, I bottom mean, line, Maurice Washington ran way to the outside and tried to be patient on the outside, yeah. and then Martinez just had to like take a sack because his ankles were wrapped up. I mean, what do you do there? Like what, what could have happened if the, those plays didn't break down? It's like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're averaging less than four yards of carry, the you're in overtime, they got a field goal. I'm just me personally. I'm not a fucking coach. I don't claim to be, but I'm taking a shot on first down, put these guys right. Oh, yeah. yep. I'm taking a shot mm-hmm. on first down and I, I don't know. I'm putting the ball in Martinez's hands. I'm calling yeah, that, ran with that QB power. All I mean, day, every day. Just, yeah. And then I think the uh, decision to try to kick that field goal. Did you guys see how he got out there? He literally got out there, got set, and the ball was snapped. It's like he had no chance whatsoever to hit that field goal. I would have felt more comfortable going for it on fourth and 16 than I would have kicked in, kicking that 40, 47, yeah. 48-yard field goal with our backup that- kicker. 
Nothing. No blame to that that kicker, Isaac. Oh Armstrong, no, right? it's not. No, no, it's not his man, fault. That's no, it, the worst situation any college exactly. He was set up for ever failure. Be in. He was set oh, up for absolutely. failure. I yeah. never thought that was going to go in. No, at no point. No, they didn't either. I mean, before the ball hit the yeah, ground, they yeah. had already uh, brought down the, the goal. Students post. were halfway on the field. Yeah, like literally, there must be a button yeah. that somebody hit, and because yep. literally before the ball hit the ground, the goalposts were already coming down. It was just yeah, like it wasn't great. Well, Jesus Christ. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we're coming back home for Northern Illinois. Uh, oh, Nebraska, Nebraska is riding the longest Big Ten West home winning streak in the, comp, in the Big Ten West, five games in a row. Um, I would suspect things to continue on that way. What do you guys expect to see out of Nebraska this weekend to get us back on the right track? Angry, angry gameplay. Like they, if they don't come out angry – I'm going to question what's happening in that locker room. Like they need to come out and try to win the national championship against Northern Illinois and beat them hundred to nothing. Like if I don't see any other effort, I'm going to be extremely discouraged as a fan. And I don't, I'm not going to, I don't know. That's all I can really say about it. Like they need to come out with a fire under their ass, their piss hot and get going. Yeah. It's also this coaching staff's first night game uh, at Nebraska. So it's, you know, when you so bad last year, you, of course, you get that 11 a.m. window every game. So this is this is the first uh, night game. Underneath the Iowa the lights. Yeah, you get the night game underneath the lights this week. So I think with the environment or the, that that's going to provide first night game, I think that one, they need to come out and start fast and jump out on these guys, because obviously we all know what happened last time. Northern Illinois came to Lincoln. They came in here and beat us. So, yep. Um, yep. And Northern Illinois has already looked good. I mean, they went to Utah, which is, you know, a team that people are – some people are taking to make the uh, football playoff, you know, coming out of the, the week Pac-12. Uh, they went to Utah and were in a 17-14 game at halftime, ended up losing uh, 17-35 um, at the end. But, you know, they put up a lot of fight. And so they're not just going to come in here and roll over for us. Um, no. The uh, I think as far as their offense goes, they're they're not going to be able to run the ball. This is going to be another another under seventy five yard rushing game for the defense. But um, you know the secondary is going to need to be on the shit, and they're mm-hmm. going to need to be looking make plays and making turnovers. So yep. what Drew? What are you thinking for this game? What do you need to see out of Nebraska to kind of get get you back on the like? All right, we've got a chance to do something special this season. Oh yeah, what I want to see on the. All right, Drew, you're breaking up on us. Shit. So, um, you still there, Zach? Yep. All right. So, uh, still here. Okay. So, in the last game, <laughs> uh, two years ago, 2017, uh, Northern Illinois came in. Tanner Lee had 300 yards pass in, and of course, uh, three picks. Uh, we were just kind of trailing that whole entire game. They outgained us 384 to 213. Mm-hmm. So these guys are going to come in here, and they're going to be looking to get a win. They're going to be competitive in their conference, and they're going to come in here looking to beat us, which they already have the confidence yeah. that they can. Um, it's it's just one thing that, one, at least we know that Nebraska is not going to be overlooking them. Uh, they're not going to come in here and surprise us. Everybody's going to mm-hmm. be aware of what they possess and what they can do. So go ahead, Drew. Uh, what were you saying about uh, what you're looking for uh, come come Saturday? Yeah, so I'm looking for Scott Frost to just be way more relaxed with the play calling, get the ball here, play pitch and catch, Spielman, Wandale, obviously Mo Wash, hopefully Dedrick Mills gets some patience. You know, I'm just looking for him to be, like, less pressure, you know, just to be natural and let it flow. And then I'm also looking for the defense to just straight up dominate. Yeah. yeah. We can kick these guys' asses. Yeah, I know. I think it should be a game where we get, you know, four or five sacks. And like I said, the running game, they're not, they're not going to offer much as uh, when it comes to the run game. So it's a, it's a game where the defense can be able to pin their ears back uh, uh, with uh, Caleb Tanner coming off the edge, maybe Jojo mm-hmm. Doman doing a little blitzing. I think this is a game that uh, we need to come out and we need to win by three scores. Uh, the line's yep. 14. We've, we've yet to cover this season, unfortunately. So, yeah. Th- yeah so. Go ahead. Yep. No, uh, going back to uh, your breakdown of a couple of years ago, Tay, a uh, couple couple fun facts you left out is two of Tanner Lee's picks were pick sixes. Oh, that's probably correct. Not, probably not a surprise for anybody, but here's the surprise that probably most people don't think about. The only two touchdowns that we scored that day 
were rushing scores by Tanner Lee from four yards and one yards out. Jeez. So he and, scored four uh, touchdowns that game is what you're saying. <laughs> he sure did. He was, he was a big-time contributor to the, the, the game. Uh, that to game. the scoreboard. Um, but, uh, they're, no, they're, you kind of touched on it, but their rush offense is absolutely atrocious. Yep. Um, their team rushing is 157 yards totals on 60 carries. So they average less than three yards per carry on the season as a team, and That's- they only have one rushing touchdown. And um, their defense is pretty vanilla. They have one interception so far, which was returned for a touchdown. Hmm. But their leading tackler is only at 11 total tackles. And, I mean, to put it into perspective, we have like four or five guys over that right now. So, yeah, they don't they don't tackle and they don't run. So I'm not sure how they're going to beat us. But did you guys did. Uh, did you, sorry, did you guys happen to catch um, Urban Myers a little bit about Nebraska uh, today? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him being on our side. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I, you know, I think that uh, we kind of went there and got his respect last year, the way we kind of showed out last yeah. year. But I mean, coming into the season, there, our goals and aspiration wasn't winning the national championship. It was winning the Big Ten West and getting the Big Ten championship, and anything can happen in a one-game mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. So it's it sucks to lose to Colorado, especially being out there. Um, mm-hmm hearing all those damn cocky-ass fans uh, talk their shit. But yeah, the day, I talked a lot, too. Yeah, exactly. It's At the end of the day, our our season goals are still very obtainable, but we need to come out and get in that groove because, like I said, the offense is yet to click yet. So yeah. we need a, we need a get-right game, and we like to call it. Um, and then that leads us into at Illinois, which Illinois is having a decent season so far, but how good are they really? I'm not sure. So – I, I don't know if this is going to be like last year where we kind of started off slow and then the offense got tick, you know, clicking and then it just, I think of, it is. I'm, I'm sure hoping it is. I'm looking for Martinez to come out, you know, put up 400 yards of offense on these guys. I mean, he looked awesome in the first half. He was nine for nine passing the first half. Let's get 44 rushing yards. He looked yeah. you, 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 Keep that going. So you, you guys want a breakdown of how he looked at this point last year versus how he looked this year? Yeah, let's hear it. Because, because I got it. Uh, so 2018 through two real games. So I skipped Bethune-Cookman – or not Bethune-Cookman, but uh, Troy. Troy. And I skipped Michigan because that just – Wasn't a game. He didn't play, he didn't play <laughs> the whole game, and he was, he was hobbled. So through two full games uh, last year, he was 40 of 62, 510 yards, Damn near 65% completion percentage, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He had only taken four sacks. Yep. 33 carries, 208 yards, pretty much six yards a carry and two touchdowns. This year, little little step back, uh, 29 of 48, 60% completion, 468 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, and he's taken eight sacks. Yep. Uh, he's only He's got 32 carries for 72 yards. That's not even three yards a carry and two touchdowns. No. So, yeah, but that's factoring in his sacks. Uh, that's the run yardage. So, yeah, it's um, not though. Th- that, that's just straight three yards per carry. Yep, Jesus it absolutely Christ. is. Um, yep. I guess so. Looking back <laughs> on last season, we, we were talking already about how he's not getting that many receivers involved. And I kind of looked back on last season, and well, shit, Stanley Morgan and he JD. Did. JD yeah. had about eighty of our catches. So and is this Wondell something that, JD? Is he able? Is he able to read a defense? I mean, when you have that high of production between two guys, and now we're seeing the same thing this year. I mean, that's that's a trend now. We're we're thirteen games into his career, and he showed that he can only look for his favorite receivers. So, well, is it that, or is it that these are the only two competent receivers he has? And like Wandale just took over for Stanley, and here we are. Yeah, but I I think we all. Yeah, it, it could be. I mean, I think we all like Jack Stoll. I mean, every time – I think And Austin Allen should be involved more too. Yeah, I think uh, I think Stoll's the cut the ball every, every ball thrown at him. So, I think that – Yeah, he's way behind on like on a crossing route. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's playing balls out. No problem. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just – I he needs to be getting – especially where – I mean, I went back and watched the game because, you know, live, you, you don't see it the same way as you see it. Uh, when you go back and rewatch it, and we're in a lot of five five wide receiver sets, so mm-hmm. to have only three receivers with a catch this season is just really really alarming. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's telling you that he's not reading the whole field, and and like I said, he, um, 
on that overtime play uh, where he handed off to Mo Washington, they asked him, you know, did you, should you captain? He goes, no, Frost told me that uh, our coach told me that that's a, that's a keeper. So it's like, so are we even running a read option or it's, it's already designed, Hey, this is where you give it off to. It's, yeah, I don't know. I've been, I've been there though. Yeah. But it's like, are you handcuffing him? Maybe, no. but maybe is it because he can't read or is it because Scott Frost is making a bad choice? Yeah. Well, and I, and I heard this take uh, on one of the shows that I listened to, but can't can't name it right now. But basically, like Martinez needs to realize that this is his offense. Like Frost calls the plays, he runs the offense along with Troy Edwards or whatever. But this is Martinez's offense. Like when it's when it's time to make a big play, you got to step up and be that guy. Right. Like you're not a freshman anymore. Like you're you're a veteran sophomore, which is very rare. If it's time to make a play and you think that you need to make an adjustment, you need to make that adjustment for the better of the team. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's kind of the wheels are kind of starting to come off, unfortunately, a little bit with the kicking game. I mean, Pickering, oh, Pickering, there's no gone. wheels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got, they both got bum wheels. So now we're opening up the competition to, uh, goddamn people <laughs> playing club soccer. I mean, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we got here. Jesus Christ. I mean, he, he, you know, begged and pleaded to get 150 kids on the roster, got the roster all the way up to 150, and you don't have uh, fucking kickers? I mean, okay, come here. on, man. So th- the kicker issues are a rare thing for Nebraska teams. Yeah. But I remember yes. I remember really early in Frost's tenure at Nebraska, like really early, like we're coming out of like camp last year, where he was asking – he was asked about special teams, and he said something along the lines where – he didn't talk to the kickers or punters much and that he leaves that up to their specific coaches. Well, here we are. Yeah. And hey it's guys, uh, doing a good job. And yeah, it's, it's going to cost us a close game. I, I don't think it costs us Colorado did. game. I, I think, I, I don't think anybody's good. I don't, it was a rough situation to come in and that situation yeah, hit a 40. Kicker on the roster that's kicked before you're telling me Drew Brown's not making that kick. He's burying that kick. Alex yeah. Henry, well, yeah, but it, the guy that we had kicking wasn't a kicker. He's a he's that's a what I'm saying, but I, maybe that's on the coaches. Maybe we should probably have a second guy ready to go or a third guy. But how do you bring two kickers to travel, though? You know, nah, you got a good point. Damn it, I don't know, I don't know, but it's just uh, like I said, it's a very frustrating situation, especially when you've got 150 kids on it, and now it's oh, uh, we've got to go have a tryout from the goddamn soccer team. Yeah, get out of here with that shit, man. But well, yeah, like, have you cool. watched any other college football? I mean. If you're looking at a 48-yarder in overtime to tie the game to take it to a second overtime, how, what percentage of college kickers make that? No, and like probably, I said, probably I, 20. Like I said, I don't think that any kicker. I'm not banking on any kicker just stepping I mean, in there and hitting that. But anywhere close, but 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 we're I'm, we're, I'm we're, we're at, like a redshirt freshman punter. No, don't matter who you are, you're not making that kick. But what I'm yeah. saying is like. Okay, we have a number one kicker, but those coaches probably should have recruited a second guy. And then, so when that number one kicker goes down, we have the guy on the roster. So now he travels, not the other guy that was never kicked. Right. And now, yeah. now we don't have one because uh, uh, Jurgensen is uh, hurt. So it's like now kicker one and two are hurt. So it's just why are kickers getting hurt? Right. I don't know. Kick, kickers aren't people. So, uh, <laughs> so that I means. Not this week, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of want to get you guys' take. Um, after a Husker loss, everybody kind of acts a little bit different. I I personally am the guy that's turn off Sports Center, don't watch yep. any other games, you know, stay off of Twitter, and I'm just ready to get to the next week and get the losing taste out of my mouth. How how do you guys react to a loss? I mean, are you guys staying off the post game, the Twitter action, no Sports Center, you know, you cussing, or, you know, are you going to act like an adult and just move on? It- no big deal. It depends on the loss, really. I mean, something like this was just kind of devastating. Like, you know, we we all took the trip. Us three took the trip there amongst our other boys. And, like, I I kind of, in my mind, thought it was worse than what it was. It took me several days to actually rewatch the game. And when I did, I felt a lot better about things because of what I saw, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But then I got to see the Cowboys take care of the Giants, which made me feel a lot better. But... Right. That's here, neither here nor there. Um, yep. But no, I, you know, I, I like to let it simmer a little bit and not get too fired up about it anymore. I was pretty fired up like right after the game, but I don't know. I just like to let it kind of simmer and just, you know, drown in my sorrow and then watch film 
and, you know, find out what we need to do. And I sound like I'm one of the players, but that's what it is. So yeah, that's, no. that's where I'm at. For me, yeah. it was, uh, I like to consider myself pretty calm and mellow. I uh, normally don't really take things too big. No, not a big deal. Don't take it too personal. Well, for whatever reason, this game seriously pissed me off. And I was a raging asshole for four <laughs> days afterwards. I was an asshole. I don't even like to be this guy. I don't envision myself as this guy. I was this guy. I was a dick to everybody, <laughs> dick to my players. I was just pissed off, really pissed yeah. off. I came out yeah. of it on Wednesday, so we're doing good now. But I couldn't even, couldn't even pretend to not be pissed off. Right. Uh, for me, uh, you know, I work at a big uh, company place where there's probably 300 people, and I'm the resident football guy. So it's like now <laughs> I've got all these fucking jack-offs coming up to me. Like, oh, what happened to the Huskers, huh? And, you know, a couple Iowa fans, a couple Iowa State guys, some uh. Texas guys, you know, and it's like, and that's just, I mean, just really pisses me off. It's like, mm-hmm. uh-huh, okay. And just especially when it's an Iowa guy, it's like, <laughs> and they kind of come in and try not to talk shit, but, you know, like, oh, well, you know, maybe next year. It's like, shut the fuck up, man. All right, yeah, yeah. leave me alone. Yeah, so that, that that's where it's like, okay, I can get over it, but then Monday morning comes, and they slowly start trickling in my office, and like, oh, did you see the game? It's like, yeah, of course I saw the fucking game, man. <laughs> you know I saw the game. God damn it. What the hell are you talking about? So, but yeah, it's just one extra kick in the teeth, you know, come Monday morning, yep. but it yeah. is what it is. So I will, I will say my players got a lot better this week because I took no fucking around and no excuses and nothing less than perfection. So practice no. only rough a couple of days, but they, they got a lot better. Drew, how'd you, how'd your coaching uh, career get started off or uh, this week, the last week, your first game? Debut? Yeah, how was the coach? How was the play calling debut? Well, play calling, you know, I'm not trying to go Scott Frost here and blame it on anybody else. So that's not what I'm doing. Because I know that will grind your gears. Blame it on the other team, right? Well, what happened was, what had happened was, we won the toss. We deferred. I was pumped. Then they took the ball. Six plays later, ran it down our throats. No problem. Our guys never act like they never tackled a person in real life. Uh, we drove it down. Well, actually, the first four plays were penalties. They all of our players forgot what to do. Drove it down the field, couldn't punch it in, blanked us two times inside the in the red zone. Second game, we scored three touchdowns, but we lost by two points because we can't make a field goal or an extra point. Ouch. All right. All right. Getting All right. Getting better, though. Day by day. Oh, we're getting what do, you, do, you, do you coach the Huskers? Right. Yep. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, I think we're all excited to get this kind of losing taste out of our mouth this weekend. Um, unfortunately, it's a kind of a dog shit week for uh, other games. There's no ranked on ranked um, games this week. So game day is over in that uh, place to the to the east of us. Uh, yeah. But, you know, seeing those two battle out and, you know, a couple of Iowa State guys at work, you know, it's like, like all right, man. I'm I'm rooting for you guys, and you know, cause yeah, absolutely. An enemy yeah, yeah. of an enemy is a friend. So yes. it's yeah. like, well, at least they they respect us. Yeah, exactly. And they exactly they're a basketball school or a football school, so we have an understanding. Like we're <laughs> we're like a six three guy, and Iowa's like a five four, like puffing their chest out against this guy. Yeah, exactly. So get out of here. Yeah. So uh, go clones <laughs> this weekend. Um, you know, let's let's talk a little bit of gambling. Uh, let's jump into the Husker game. Uh, Ravy, have you looked at what, what you're looking at for some uh, gambling this weekend on the Huskers? You already know I have. Yeah. Are you, are, you talking about, are you talking about Huskers or the whole field? I'm ta- well, let's just talk about the Nebraska game to start. Well, um, Taylor, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm 0-3 on best placed on uh, Nebraska games this year, so I will not be touching it, but I will tell you what I will do if I would. <laughs> okay. And I, and, and I would definitely take Nebraska minus 14. I think we're going to come out hungry. We're gonna come out with our piss piss hot. We're gonna we're gonna get it done. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're thinking we're gonna finally get that elusive uh, three score victory? Um, I I don't know. I, I I'm not so sure about it. I'm thinking betting wise, the Husker game. I'm liking uh, Nebraska minus seven half the first for the first half because I think we're gonna come out hot. Whether yep. we're able to, you know, make, we're gonna get that initial seven. Exactly. So whether we'll, <laughs> we're able to maintain that lead or not um, is another question. But I think going into halftime, I feel pretty comfortable with Nebraska being up two scores. So I'm riding with the Huskers minus seven and a half for the first half. Um, as far as other games, the other f- pick five games, what are you seeing out there that uh, you're gonna, you know, what's your beak on? Uh, I like. Hey, I, I'm not gonna brag here, but did I not call Maryland? Yeah, before the season started, man, those guys uh, seem to be pretty for real. Uh, yeah, 
Um, so I took, I'm taking Maryland minus seven at Temple. I think it's going to be closer than what they've experienced so far this year, even though they rolled Syracuse. But taking them, this hurts me to say I'm taking Colorado minus three and a half against Arizona, uh, Air, Air Force. Force. Yep. I mean, it's in Colorado. We saw what that environment can be like. I'm sure it's not going to be quite like that because there's not going to be so much red, but it can yeah. be all right. I mean, they're basically selling tickets for if you bring a can of soup and you get into the game. So, well, <laughs> yeah. um, we got fake tickets. So yeah, no, I mean, something. that's one thing I never did hear or see anything about is that if anybody else had that experience about uh, getting yeah. getting uh, fake tickets from scalpers. Yep. Or, I mean, I even bought mine on uh, Vivid Seats, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that my seats were definitely double or triple sold. But, yep. Quick story on that. Yeah, we got – we scalped tickets outside of the uh, stadium. Looked legit. Uh, couldn't scan them when we were going into the stadium, but the dumbass Colorado guy <laughs> uh, scanning tickets was like, I can't figure out how to scan this ticket. So Must have been high. In. Must have been hot. Yeah, probably. Uh, damn, I spent plenty of that during the game. But, um, and then we got to our seats, and the person s- said that uh, we were the third group to try and sit in those seats. So Jeez. we moved down two rows and on the aisle, which is 30 rows up, 50-yard line, and no one came to those seats. So that tells you how much Colorado loves their, their football. But yep. whatever, we, uh, we capitalized on that situation and sat there the whole game, which was great. Um, anyways. Oklahoma State minus 14 at Tulsa because, mm. I mean, yeah, it seems like a steal. Seems reasonable. Um, uh, Iowa State, obviously, plus one and a half against the other Iowa team. Yeah, that line then came down a little bit. I mean, I think it opened Iowa up. Iowa State's so good at home. Yeah, I think it opened and up. game day is going to be there. Oh, that place is going to be rocking. If you aren't watching another game, watch that one. Yeah, no, I'm taking Saturday off to uh, sit on the couch and just kind of watch games after – Attending the first two Nebraska games, you kind of only get sucked up into only yep. seeing that game. So I'm going to take this weekend wow. off and post up on the couch and watch 12 straight hours of football, and I'm pretty excited about it. And my last one, I'm sure you won't agree with, Taylor, is uh, UCLA plus 23 and a half oh. against, against Oklahoma. See, I've, I'm on the opposite end. I'm Oklahoma Taylor minus 23. Jalen Hurts isn't going to have a, li- have a uh, weight room to go lift in uh, for the game. Yeah. He's putting up such a tough front. Yeah, well, I mean, UCLA is sure the hell shown a lot of life this uh, season, haven't they? No, they haven't. But God, I, they're terrible. It's you, a matter of time. Did you see what they're doing for t- – speaking of uh, cheap tickets, um, because last week UCLA got beat at home by San Diego State, all season, oh, yeah. all season ticket holders per one ticket get four tickets to the game to come to the game. So they're wow. giving yeah, away tickets. I we're mean, sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Yeah, I can't get four tickets to – Northern Illinois at Nebraska right now. Right. And these guys, they've got a top five team coming to town and they're giving away tickets. Just, you know, mm-hmm. that's just Pac-12 football for you. It's just a complete joke. Please show up. Yeah. And that's why they don't get any love. I mean, shit like uh-huh. that. You're in LA and you have a top five team coming to town and you're giving away free tickets. And I guarantee you the, the stadium's still under half full. So, but uh, for my picks of the week, I've got one uh, really solid lock. I have, Ohio State minus 15 and a half at Indiana. I think that is the, uh, as Clay Travis would say, the blood bank lock of the week. I mean, Ooh. I'm going to be uh, taking my ass right over across the river and putting a little money, <laughs> some real dinero on that one. So um, I think that is a surefire. Ohio State's looked like world beaters. Um, yeah. And Indiana's had a couple um, cupcakes that they've roughed up. But With I the think quarterbacks too. Yeah, and the quarterback's a little banged up. So, I think the Ohio State minus 15 and a half is, a, uh, is still in money. Um, outside of that, I've got Arizona State plus 13 and a half at yeah, Michigan State. I got them too. So, I got them too, and I'm with you. I like, I like what Herm Edwards is doing down there. Uh, Michigan State's defense is pretty salty, but their offense is also um, about as plain Jane as it gets. Um, outside of that, I like TCU minus two uh, against Purdue. Uh, Purdue's got a tough – uh, road game at at TCU, so that should be interesting to see how good they actually are. Um, but uh, and then I've got Kentucky plus seven and a half versus Florida. Um, oh, so I'm going to do it again. Yeah, I, I'm not a firm believer in Florida, um, so I'm yeah, just, we that's all just kind of Florida a flyer. Game again. Yeah, I'm yeah. just taking a flyer on them. So 
But like I said, you can go ahead and lock that uh, Ohio State minus 15 and a half up if you guys, <laughs> uh, you know, want to send somebody up this way. I'll take Is that right your lock the of the millennium? I mean, that's just the lock of the decade. That's the lock of the season so far. Lock of the season so Ooh, far. Okay. Is, Not too confident. Though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty confident. I'm a couple hundred confident on it. Let's just say that. Shit, yeah. I've been a couple hundred confident on Nebraska this year. That yeah. didn't pan out too well. Yeah. Just tell me about it. So I just convinced me. You've convinced me. I'm going to throw money on them too. They're not in my top five originally, but they're they're now in my top five. Yeah, I mean they <laughs> they they're looking pretty damn good. I, I mean, also, you, have you seen that Wisconsin hasn't given up a goddamn point yet this year? Yeah, they're good. That's that's depressing. That is depressing. Who have they played? Who are their two opponents? South U- Florida. Yep, yeah, South Florida, and uh, who did they play last week? Uh, crickets. Some poor schmuck. Somebody that didn't score any fucking points, I'll tell you that. So that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's the key factor. Um, yep. But but that's it. That's about it, guys. I mean, we're hoping for a victory this week, an impressive victory. I mean, seeing, uh, hold on, Taylor, do you want to hear, hear my top five? Oh, do you got some picks for us, Drew? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're a little sir. different than what you have. Yep. So – I got North Carolina plus three. I'm going to ride oh, the down when you're really going to yeah. do it. Huh? The Friday night yeah. game, huh? Yeah. Well, that's be it. Come on. Come on. Quarterback's pretty good. I got – I took Maryland also versus Temple minus seven. Okay. I like FAU minus two and a half. Lane Kiffin going to get it done against Ball State. Right. I also – I'm a Herb Edwards fan. I believe in what he's doing. Their quarterback's a baller. You know, they're still putting speeds together. But 14 and a half versus 14 and a half Michigan State, doing that. Yep. And then – Another one, which is, I don't know, not that crazy at all, but Clemson minus 28 versus Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, how good are those guys, though? I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, They exactly. just got rolled by Maryland. Right. It's like, is, is, is Maryland for real, or are they going to no, be one of these no. teams? What, Did you last... hear what Urban Meyer said about it? No. Not great. Well, they, they almost... were like, Nebraska's going to be fine. Maryland's got work to do. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> they've Because they've started off hot with the last two years. They've beat Texas the last two years. They're averaging 70-some right? points a game. Yeah. That can't hold up, right? <laughs> no. Definitely not. <laughs> so, I don't know. Should be. Like you said, when the, usually when there's a weekend with no ranked matchups, is usually the weekend upsets happen. So, not yeah, going yeah. I mean, to be surprised. Not going to be surprised to see two or three ranked teams go down, uh, which – you know, we, this is what we're looking for. We're looking for a little chaos. So, uh, Alabama going down. Oh, yeah. Right. South Carolina <laughs> is about to step up. So, now. But uh, that's about it, guys. Uh, we're looking for a victory this weekend. Some of that get right uh, heading into a conference play where we're at, at Illinois for another night game. So, we got back to back night games. So, that's, that's good. That saves something uh, Iowa's never experienced. Yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. Keep those guys in the 11 a.m. window. There's a lot of things people from Iowa have never experienced. Zach, you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. success. Yeah. Like <laughs> banners that say championship on them or anything. <laughs> so they're hanging participation banners. So, but uh, well, we want to thank everybody for joining us on episode three of the Big Red Revival podcast. We'll see you guys next week, hopefully after a Husker W heading into conference play. Thank you. Good night. GBR. GBR. Go Big Red.